Hello and welcome to today's podcast. My name is Colin Nessela and I'm here today with Carlos Gomez. Hola, hola, hola. And Tadeo Gasparetto. Hello, everyone. Tadeo, can you tell us a little bit about today's paper? Yeah, the paper we want to discuss today, its title is Financial Development and Wage Income. Evidence from the global football market, it has three authors, Wei Yang and Xi Wang from the Sun Yat-sen University in Guangzhou and Yao Xi Yang from the Nankai University in Tianjin. And it has been published this year in the Journal of Banking and Finance. Well, I actually decided for discussing this paper today. For me, it was super interesting to see like, like how macroeconomic would influence the wage and the variation of the wage of football players. And then, I mean, finally, I like the paper that we're going to discuss today. What about you guys? Yeah, I liked it as well. I think it's super relevant. And I'm going to tell you in probably about a minute why this paper is especially interesting from our perspective. But before I do it, I want to explain to the listener why this is interesting for the authors and how they built upon doing this. So first, let's say, okay, we have financial development and financial development has a considerable impact on economic growth. And then let's say, okay, we have two different perspectives here. First, we have this, that everyone in economics in the first year uh, gets pushed into them. And this is that from neoclassical theory, one would expect that wages increase with financial development. But if you have been a tiny bit critical in the past years, or if you have followed the works from authors like Piketty, you see that this can be pretty one-sided so that only some people benefit from it and others do not. So the word like inequality should tell you something here. But basically, the main research question here is, suppose financial development increases, how much do player wages increase? And here, if you would ask my PhD supervisor and co-author Helmut Dietl, he would say the authors did a perfect job in using sports as a laboratory. Because here they have access to data that for many other industries is simply not available. So they say, okay, we have player wages. So we have basically wages for employers for a whole industry. And just imagine going to any other industry. This would basically be impossible. Also getting reliable data regarding performance or age. This is data that often is buried deep inside a company and you cannot get it. So for me, the authors did a super nice job in using sports as a laboratory. They can show something here, financial development and wages for one industry and extrapolate the results. But the big question obviously here is, what kind of method are they using for that? Well, that's my part now. I'm with you. It's like I really like the use of sport data. And I was particularly interested here. And for me, it was super nice and clever way they did that. They couldn't find wage data for many football players because most of the leagues have this data closed. So what they did was they found the data on football managers. So in an online video game, where they could scrape this data in a very reliable data. So I have done this in the past. It was super difficult to convince reviewers how good this data would be. And they actually, they understand how strong it is. So they mentioned in the paper that 
Arsene Wenger had used this in the past. The Sir Alex Ferguson also recognized as a strong source of data for professional football clubs. So talking about their own data, they have a very long data set. So from 2010 to 2020, so 11 full seasons, they purchase every single year of the license of the game because the game is updated every year. And they got more than a million observations. It's about 300,000 football players. It's reduced a little bit because they put two different elements in order to, let's say, inclusion criteria. So players that didn't have wage in the data set, they were excluded naturally. And those players younger than 18 years old were also excluded from the data set. Another important component of these analysis of the methodologies that they use International Monetary Fund data the country degree of financial development, so DEF, access, and efficiency. So three different index that they implemented. So the develop financial development index, financial institutions index, and also financial market index, because they wanted to see how this macroeconomic situation of the country changing would impact the salary of the players. The dependent variable is the wage, the logarithm of the wage, and they divided the explanatory variable in groups. So player characteristics like capability, acceleration, strength, stamina, age, and many others. Some clubs characteristics like reputation and stadium capacity, and also country characteristics like the ranking in men's FIFA of that particular country, the population, GDP, and some few others. So it was a very long data set they had access in order to conduct this research. And the empirical strategy, they provide the baseline estimation that regressing wage by all these factors, but they also go into very much details in terms of estimations. So they used like other factors that they haven't mentioned before, some interaction terms, some sub-indices of these financial indexes, some instrumental variables, and also they try to find a way to understand where the effects were not similar to all the players, but some particular players. So analyzing the, this interaction with the playing position, capability, club reputation, and also the level of the weight. So it was a really broad analysis and very nice performed. So what did they get, Carlos? Thank you very much, Tadeo. You did a wonderful job. You now my job is a bit easier. As you said, the analysis is quite complete. The authors run several tests and I have here a few things to discuss. I will try to step by step guide you through what I think are the main results. First of all, the main results, the question that Cornell raised at the beginning, does financial development actually influence players' wages? It seems that it does. Uh, when it goes up by one standard deviation, this financial development index, players' wages increase by 25%. So that is not peanuts. That's a lot. Also considering the wages of players. Here in this baseline analysis, I found a few things interesting that I wanted to share with you. Players' wages seem to reach the peak when the players are 25 years old. Sorry, guys, this train left for you. It's a bit too late. <laughs> also, left-footed players earn more. So that makes sense. I would say all these results make uh, quite a bit of sense. So there are a few of these players, it makes sense that they get more money. There's also a negative effect of injuries, on wages. Also, the better the reputation of the club, the higher the weights. And the authors also explore 
the relationship between clubs that are listed on the stock market or not listed. And this is quite complete, right? The second thing that the authors do, that they already explained that there are different financial development indices that could be used and also sub-indices. So these sub-indices give information about how institutions and financial markets actually are in terms of access, efficiency, and so on. And there are six sub-indices that are aggregated into two sub-indices that the authors use to test the robustness of the results. These are the Financial Institutions Index and the Financial Markets Index. They re-estimate all the regressions using these two sub-indices for the analysis. And overall, they find that the results are quite consistent. So this relationship between the financial development and players' wages is also quite consistent when using different types of index. Additionally, the authors also use an instrumental viable approach to show the positive effect of financial development on wages and to check that it's not due to reverse causality. I think the results are super interesting. For future research, I would like to see a comparison because here I could imagine that this is really focused at a few countries because let's say professional football or professional soccer is not super prominent in all countries across the world. So suppose how would this look like if we would look at a sport like basketball? Just for example, I think a comparison could be super interesting because maybe then we see different results because I could imagine that right now, professional football, I guess wages are pretty high in a few countries. And this for sure has a huge effect on their results. But I could guess that in another sport, it might be skewed to other countries. And maybe this then has a different effect. I agree. And to some extent, this is actually connected to the last part of the analysis that the authors try to do, where they try to explore how this financial development impact different players differently. Right? So we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, for those who are interested, I just said about the reverse causality, how they try to approach it with an instrument variable. This instrument variable, I think it's quite clever, is the legal origin of a country because they use this then common law as, a, as an instrument that should be of interest to test for this. So if anyone is interested in this, they can read a little bit more in the paper. But the last part of the analysis and that I found really interesting that is connected to what Cornell just said, they try to investigate how the type of player that benefits from this financial development and how is their relationship with capability, club reputation, and different level of wages that they also talked before. All these results, I think, are quite nice because I see that they're interrelated and they all are consistent. Overall, the authors find that the players with lower scoring ability benefit the most from financial development. So this actually matters more for goalkeepers, for example. Players with low capability, so these are expected to obtain less resources on their own, also benefit more from the financial development. And this is similar when the authors explore low wages against high wages players. Low wages players benefit more from financial development. And finally, also players in clubs with lowest reputation also benefit more from this relationship. So altogether, I think it's a quite complete paper and the authors did a tremendous job trying to interconnect all of it. Just a last question, last point that, I mean, I really like the analysis that they did. 
And it's super unfair to say something that they could have done. So I guess it would be nice to see in future research is that they didn't tackle very much the point of the nationality. They did use one variable as a home for the domestic players, but would be really interesting to see how different nationalities experience this increase in the financial performance of the country in those places. So it would be easier to do in Europe as we much more, let's say, mixed context. But I do believe that it would be super nice to do. I agree. And also the origin of the players, the country might have also different characteristics that could be exploited. But anyway, Cornell, Tadeo, thank you very much. This is everything for today's podcast. Thank you for listening to the weekly sports piece. Stay tuned 